Hey, good morning, everybody. How's it going today? Awesome. Hey, good to see you guys. Wow. A couple of us guys from Joy Eugene went down to uh, Southern Oregon this weekend for man camp. And uh, last year it was just called camp, but when we went this year, it's man camp. That went over better in first service. It's all right. Good thing I'm not preaching today, right? Tough crowd. Uh, just kidding. Good to see you guys, man. It's so awesome to be here. My name's Jake, and I'm the pastor here along with my wife, Bethany, and we want to welcome you with the whole team. Just welcome you. If this is your first time, that's awesome. Hopefully it's not your last, but we'll see how good Ted does preaching. And uh, no pressure. I'm just kidding. Uh, but, and if you've been here a bunch of times before, you are welcome. This is just a great place, and we really come every Sunday expecting and believing we're going to meet with God and whether you're religious or you have been a Christian or not, maybe you're just kicking the tires, you're just asking questions like, what's up with this Jesus thing and what's going on? Everybody is welcome to be here today. And, and, but what I really believe is that God does not bring us here. It's not an accidental thing. He brings us here on purpose. And there's a moment today for each of us to have to take another step in our journey with Christ. So really excited for everybody to be here. Well, we've been in a series and we're continuing it today called Trending, where we're looking at connecting with God's timeless truth in turbulent times when what's trending is not necessarily what's true. I did it without notes. That was a good one. Come on. <laughs> because in, in culture right now, you know, there's a lot of things that, that are trending, like, and things change over time, don't they? But we believe that we want to connect and anchor our lives to God's word, God's truth, and that that's where we're going to have uh, the, the best life. That's where we're going to be safe and secure when we anchor ourselves. And then when the storms of life come, like Jesus talks about, the house that's built on the rock is going to be standing. So that's what we're talking about. But today, we have a really, really, I'm going to say it again, really special treat. We have a, a friend all the way from Romania. Yes. Pastor Ted Chichui. Come on yes. up here, Ted. I'll talk about him just for a second. And he is the more European cooler, more handsome version of me. Well, we look uh, the same. Cool accent. Yeah, we, we said today, we didn't prep, you know. We, <laughs> it's like you take away the coat and we're, we're just the same. We just tune into the Holy Spirit yes, Pastor yes, Radio. Yes, yes. What should I wear today? Yes. And we're so grateful to have Ted here and his beautiful wife, Mona. Mona, just give a wave. Just wave, everybody. She's way too good for him and he knows it, right? It's true. Great. But uh, Ted and Mona are the pastors of Salem Christian Church. Did I get it right? Now you got it. In Oradia, Romania. Yes. And uh, it's a great, awesome church. We've been friends for a really long time, and he just brought an incredible word in first service, and he's going to share it with us today. So let's give him a hand and welcome Pastor Ted. I got one. Well, we are really glad to be with you guys. There's more at the second service. You know, it is. It is. We were talking with uh, Pastor Jake uh, how uh, you guys get the best version of the sermon, you know, because we practiced on the first one. And we, you're going to get the revised version. We're going to cut out the jokes that didn't work. And uh, so you, you're in for a good treat now. Um, I really thank you, Pastor Jake, for inviting us. You know, I, I thought about it. If we would not live in Oradia, we would go. If we live here, we would come to your church, Jake. It's a, no, it, it really is a great church. Um, you know, at the first service, I told you, you up your game in the second one. At, I told them about the fact that Eugene, for us as Romanians, has a, a place in our heart because our, uh, the, our favorite communist cookie was called Eugenie, uh, which comes from, Eugene comes from Eugenie. And so I told them about it, how we grew up with it. But you know what? The second service, I thought, you know, we can up our game giving out Eugenie, you know. <laughs> 
so uh, uh, so this is a communist cookie. Uh, it's called Eugen, yeah. It's it really it's true. It's it's loved for its simplicity. <laughs> There's not a lot of ingredients in it, but it, you're gonna love it like apple. Simple. You guys love apple. You guys like Eugenia. So who wants some Eugenia? You got some Eugenia. So we got some here Eugenia, some there Eugenia on this side Eugenia. Well, you guys all the way up there. You know, it's like I didn't do baseball. So I, I don't know why you guys were sitting so far up. I only I played soccer. Whoa! I'm telling you, the, the, the anointing is on the front rows, but nobody wants to come here, as you can see. Who wants the bag? Okay, we have one one candidate here with the bag. Empty bag. Good, good, good. Excellent, excellent. Well, yes, enjoy the communist cookies. So anyway, when we come to Eugene, of course, it's bittersweet. You remember communism, and we we, we think of Jake. So it's a sweet and <laughs> sweet and sour. Wonderful. Okay, I want to read. I want to get into the word. And uh, when should you didn't tell me when to end the second service? So I'm, I have told freedom. Now just joking. Eleven twenty. Uh, Ephesians six ten. It will be the text where, we, where we're going to start reading today, where it says, I'm talking about faith in the storm. And I want to read to you from Ephesians 6.10. It says, put on the full armor of God so that you can, stand your, you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, Put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, some translations translate after you have conquered everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith. This is what we're going to talk about today with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Everybody says amen. amen. Well, here's a, a metaphor that Paul uses, uh, and this metaphor really is the way to tell you and me that if you are a Christian, and I'll show you, if you're a Christian, you have everything you need to face the storms of life. I'm going to repeat it. If you are a Christian, you have everything you need to face the storms of life. You just have to use it. You have to put it on. Jesus was with his disciples. He was telling his disciples, you know, let's go on the other side of the lake. And as they were uh, rowing, right? Rowing, you call it, rowing the boat. And uh, there was a wind that came, a windstorm, and uh, the, the disciples were freaking out. Jesus was, was taking a nap because that's what Jesus does in the storm sometimes. <laughs> Come on, Jesus, wake up. And uh, so he's taking a nap, uh, and he's tired. And uh, when he wakes up, he says, uh, you know, he, he, he uh, looks at the storm, and then he rebukes the wind, the raging of the water, and then he looks to them and says, uh, 
Where's your faith? Where is your faith? And it's a, you think about, you read through it, but it's an odd question. What do you mean, where is your faith? He didn't say, why are you not courageous? He didn't say, uh, why, why, why are you, uh, you know, uh, scared? Why don't you have more confidence? No, he says, where is it? Where did you leave it? You left it on the other side of the lake? Go get to your faith. <laughs> where is your faith? Ask your neighbor, where is his faith? Did he leave it at home? Where is your faith? Where is your faith? So it's something, uh, obviously, that we'll see. It's something that you, you, want, you want to put on. You want, it's something that, um, you know, you got to have. Interestingly enough, um, this metaphor, extended metaphor in uh, Ephesians uh, 6, it tells you that as a Christian, as a child of God, you have uh, every resource necessary to face the storm with calm, with fortitude, with strength, and with understanding. And if you don't have that, you need to go get it. You need to go get what, what's missing and what you don't have that has been given to you, but you're not using it. Because we, as we read from the Bible, one of the things we see as children of God, no matter if I live in Romania, you guys live in America. You know, the wonderful thing about, uh, about being children of God all, all over the world is that we all get the same benefits. So you have the same benefits as I receive and the, uh, as the people in Africa receive. So what are some of those benefits that we receive? Well, Paul says in Ephesians, before chapter 6, you know, before 6, there's 1, you know. And so 1 and 3, Ephesians 1, 3 says, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. So it's in the past. You've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Can't say anymore you're not blessed. You're blessed with every spiritual blessing, okay? Then in next chapter, he says, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Well, right now, Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. And you think right hand of God for, for us now in 21st century, you know, it means nothing. Especially you in America where your president has all the power, you, you know, in, the, in a country like mine, you got the president and you got the prime minister. And so in the other nations, you got the king and then you got the prime minister, right? Well, the, the right hand is the place of honor, a place of influence. At the right hand is the place where you get the ear of the king, the ear of the president. It's a place of honor. And what, what Paul is saying you as a child of God, you have the ear of God. You have a, you, there's, it's a, you have a place of honor, of, a place of authority. Right? That's, that's what it's saying. And then 2 Peter 1.3 says, His divine power has given us everything we need for godly life through our knowledge of Him. So you have everything you need to live the life you should live. You have it. Use it. Because you, you have it. Now, but we have to learn to use these benefits that the gospel teaches us. And I want to look specifically at the, from the text that I, uh, I read, on, just on verse 16, where it says this, In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Now, I want, us, I want, us, I want, to, I want to talk about three principles in the time that I have left. And if I don't get through all of them, you know, at least you have them up front. So you got it. Number one, uh, God allows the enemy, the evil one, that's Satan, to send our way fiery trials. He allows them. Number two, we should expect fiery trials, especially when we're about to do something great for God. And I'll come back to that. And number three is faith 
is not looking at the trial. Faith is looking to Jesus. Right? So that's, that's number three. Now let's, let's start. God allows Satan to send our way fiery trials. Now what are these flaming, these flaming arrows? And to understand what the flaming arrows are, we got to go back to the, uh, to the metaphor that Paul uses as the armor of God. And um, when, think about, when we think about shields, I don't know what you, comes into your mind. I've been in your toy stores because my kids now want uh, me to get toys from America. You know, YouTube, uh, you know, promotes all these toys now. And YouTube is seen by the Chinese, by the Romanians. So but, but I lived in the communism my first 12 years. And so we did not grow up with toys uh, that were manufactured by other people. We made our own toys. There was no toys uh, uh, in the store. <laughs> so one of the things that we would do is uh, my, um, my parents would drop us off at our grandparents. Every summer, we would go into this village, and you know my grandparents had no toys either. And uh, so we, we, we had to make our own toys. And one of the things as boys... Uh, uh, we wanted to fight, just play, right? Play as we fight. And, uh, and so we, we produced our own swords and our own um, shields. And one of the things, uh, you know, we didn't have soft material. You know, the sword was like a piece of wood, you know, nicely done. But, you know, if you, if you just missed a little bit, I mean, you get bruises, right? And the shield was, you know, nice looking shield and we would fight and we would come after playing, you know, with bruises because we didn't have the soft pads, you know, now we buy our kids, you know, like you can hit him bad. And he says, what did you hit me that? You know, you hit him and you, you know, he's got a, you know, big bruise. But when the, when, uh, when Apostle Paul talks about the shields of Roman, the Romans had a big shield. The Romans had a, a shield as big as five feet tall by two, two and a half feet wide. It was like a door or walking around with a door. Now you wouldn't use the shield all the time. There were, there were two, especially uh, two uh, strategic times you would have to use the shield because there were two times when you were vulnerable. And that's when, uh, when, when Apostle Paul talks about put, up, uh, put on the shield of faith, there are times where you're going to be vulnerable. He says, you need to put on the shield of faith. Otherwise, you'll be vulnerable. So what are the two times? The two times were when, let's say the, the, the enemy camp was camped out and you want to besiege that camp and you want to have, make an assault upon it. Well, one of the, 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 the enemy's camp would have archers ready for you. I mean, it would just come on, you know. So they would have archers. And when you would make the assault, they would have uh, their archers, uh, you know, really go with the bows like this. And then and there was a guy who would then command and say, wait, wait. And then they would release. And what the arrows had at the, at the tip of the arrow was a flaming, was a material that was on fire. Because the idea was uh, to discourage the other army from invading, from besieging them. Because, uh, you see, there's one thing, it's one thing to, to see your comrade fall down uh, with an arrow, you know, okay, you know. But it's another thing to see him, his, his face and his hair on fire. I mean, it's like, it creates panic, oh, you know, and the guy is yelling. So it's just it, the idea of the enemies to make, discourage that army to come against them. So the, the flaming, that, that's the, the idea of the flame is to discourage to make you retreat, go back to where you were. 
Keep that in mind. Now, the second, the second use of it was when the, an army was trying to besiege a city or a fortress. And in Europe, if you ever visited, even in my city, we got a fortress, Oradia fortress, where our city was started. It, was a, it, was the, it has walls around it, bastions from where they would defend themselves. And it has a moat around it. And we have the only river in Europe that never freezes because its, uh, it's springs are thermal springs. And so the, uh, the people that lived in my city, ancestors, they would, they, what they did is they, they changed the course of the river to go through the moat because a moat is no good if, in the winter when it freezes. <laughs> and so they were smart enough to do that and they would uh, uh, change the course of the moat. So the idea was when you would attack a, 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 a fortress like this, as you get closer to the wall, you're vulnerable because they are up there on the wall and you are down here. And the law of gravitation does not help you. It helps them. And so they got their archers ready and with flaming uh, uh, material on the top of the arrows and they would shoot at you. Now, it didn't matter how good you were with the sword at that time. It really didn't matter how fast you were. You were vulnerable. And what the Apostle Paul says, when the enemy is throwing flaming arrows at you, you better have the shield of faith so those arrows would burst against not you, but against the, that shield of faith. So you need it. What's the shield of faith? What's the arrows? Now, uh, the arrows were were historically some people in the in the history of the church were were uh, believed that there were uh, doubts the flaming arrows were doubts coming against uh, the christians and uh, martin luther great reformer also uh, he was one of the one of them that believed that as he came against the roman catholic church you know he would uh, you know pope the pope would say to him so you think you're smarter than all of us and so you know he's been processing what Again, you're smarter than all the historians and theologians that we have. Martin Luther, what are you thinking? So he was assaulted by um, a lot of doubts, and he writes about it. But one time when he was at the fortress, um, uh, the castle of Wartburg in Germany, um, this is one of the most visited Reformation sites uh, in, um, in the and uh, Reformation uh, <clears throat> history, uh, he, he was there to be protected as he was translating the New Testament into German. As he was there, the, the enemy would attack him with doubts. And what he, would, he, what he did one time is he took the glass of ink and threw it at, on the wall at the devil, he said. Uh, uh, because he would be, and you can, you can, when you go to the castle of Warburg, you can actually see the ink on the wall when he threw it at the devil. But my, there are, of course, doubts that come from the outside that the enemy attacks you with, but m most, of, most of the doubts uh, are nurtured by us in our hearts. And um, when something goes wrong in our life, when something um, goes wrong, something that we, we think shouldn't have happened, uh, we say things like, uh, if God is so good, why did this happen to me? If God exists, why didn't he not do this? And so when, th when that happens... Uh, you know, and you begin, oh, there's no God. If there would be a God, I wouldn't have to go through this. And so then you, then you read things on Facebook and then you, and you look at channels and you subscribe to all these channels that just come against Christianity. And, and then what happens is you just give punches to your doubts and all of a sudden, wow, what, what happened? You're just, you watered and you put fertilizer on your doubts and all of a sudden they just, they, they just grew. They just grew. And you need a shield of faith to come against those doubts. You need it. 
you know, my father passed away when he was he almost turned 60. He had a, he died in his sleep and a heart attack. His heart stopped. And how do you process that? Um, you know, I wish he would be with us now to see my, my children I have three boys that would love to play with him. But you know, sometimes you know, as I, I now I, I've grown, now I'm a father, and I have three boys. And sometimes there's things that I tell my boys. I try to, I try to, uh, you first try to uh, raise them with positive uh, 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 remarks, and I, you know, try to help them. And but sometimes, uh, you know, you have to, you have to say no. It's just, it's negative. And I remember us praying for my father that if he would be healed, that he, you know, when he, we knew he had a heart issue. And then when he, when he graduated to heaven, I needed to put my shield up, my shield of faith up, because it's not something that I would have chosen. So what is that, you know, what is that shield of faith? What happens to you? Now, one of the things, uh, it's not just doubts. Uh, when the Bible talks about uh, fire in the scriptures it talks about trials it talks about suffering and in first peter 4 12 it says dear friends do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you do not be surprised isaiah 43 2 it says when you pass through the waters i will be with you when you pass through the rivers they will not sweep over you when you walk through the fire you will not be burned the flames will not set you ablaze you know, the shield of faith is for those times when you're surprised by suffering, you're surprised by trials, because what happens is the enemy knows he's not going to, you know, trumpet the arrival of a trial. Do, 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 do. A trial is coming, sir. Pray and fast for three days to be ready. No. It's the element of surprise that gets you. Even when, you, when you're in a fight, whoever did any sports or fight, you know, it's not like... We're going to attack from there, or even basketball. We're going we're gonna to pass on to Michael Jordan. He, you know, and everybody, when there's no element of surprise, you're ready. You get four people on Michael Jordan. You know, he, he, even Michael can't do it now. It's four on him. But it's the element of surprise. When you least expect it, you think life is so good. Just life is good. There's, it's sunshine. And all of a sudden, we're, what's up with all the storms? When my father passed away, I'm telling you, it was a sunny day. I woke up. It was just another day. It was a Monday. I was like, it's going to be a great week. You know, I love Jesus. Jesus loves me. And all of a sudden, I get the phone call. How did you act when you got the phone call? You know what? The, these trials, the enemy knows, and he uses them just like the enemy in, in a combat would use them with the flaming arrows to discourage you, to make you retreat, get back. And you know what? Let me tell you this. Through many of these trials, some of our comrades, Christians of ours, have been taken prisoners. Dorothy, Dorothy Sayers says in one place, who said the Bible is not realistic? The Bible is very realistic because the Bible says that Christians will go through storms, will go through trials, will go through the fire. We're not some of the, we're not like the other sects that, you know, they tell you if you follow our founder, you'll have peace, you will fly above the sky. It's not realistic. The Bible is very, very realistic. 
So we go through storms, we go through trials. But the wonderful thing about it is that God has a reason for the trial and the enemy has a different reason for the trial. You have to understand that. There's two different reasons. The enemy wants to send, and you can see in Job's life, you know, he want, why did he want to say, I mean, he, he had a, a reason why he wanted to test Job. To discourage him, to you know, he wanted he had his own reasons for doing it, and he has his own reasons for doing it. But you see, God has another reason. He wants as you go through the fire, he wants to purify you, he wants to make you more beautiful, he wants to cleanse you. That's what fire he says in uh, in Revelation 3:18. He says, I I I advise you to buy from me gold purified by fire. Um and you know, the, God allows, God allows us to go through this, but he, there is a, there's, there's a limit. It's like the, the devil, he puts the devil on a chain. It's only so far. As if you would, uh, if you would uh, uh, use uh, the analogy of heat with trial, it says only up to this heat, not more. So he gives him a leash, only this much. But again, he has a different reason. Now, sometimes do we understand the reason? No. Do I expect my child, listen, do I expect my child to understand why he cannot be on, on the tablet after he comes home from school every day, until he, uh, every day, every hour until he goes to sleep? I try to, to make him understand. It's not good for you. Go make toys like I used to make toys. <laughs> right? What's, what, what's up with these games on the internet? I used to get a sword and get a wood and sculpture it and make it look like a toy. So sometimes, you know, as I, write, I understand that my kid will not understand sometimes, but he just has to obey. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move faster. Number two, so he, God, allows, God allows these trials. Number two is we should expect fiery trials, especially when we're about to do something great for God. So the moment you say, you know what? I'm going to let go of that habit of mine that's really ruining my life. The moment you do that, fiery trial. The moment you say, you know what? I'm going to get involved in, in this ministry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something. for. I'm going to get involved in the, in the, in the construction. I'm going to do something. I, I want to make a difference. The moment you do that, all of a sudden, nothing. I mean, you had just... You know, sunny days and all the sun, storms. They're like, oh, may not, must not be the will of God that I may be involved in this construction, Pastor Jay. No, 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 no. It's the enemy trying to make you retreat. It's the enemy trying to make you, what, you want to be, you want to get involved in the kids' ministry? You want to have an impact on the new generation? You think the enemy is going to stand and say, yeah, I want you to have a good impact on this generation. No, he's going to send fiery trials. So expect them. Expect them. That's, that's what happened to Jesus. You know, Jesus starting his ministry, he went, and three of the gospel authors um, write about it, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. He, he gets water baptized by John the Baptist. He comes out of the water. The, the Spirit of the Lord comes upon him as a dove, and the, the heavens open, and there's a sound. This is my beloved son. This is what an, what an amazing experience must have been to hear the voice of God and, and to see the Holy Spirit descend upon him. And what a great experience right after, right after. He's led in the Spirit, uh, by the Spirit, he's led in the desert to be tempted by the enemy. And he's tempted in all kinds of ways. But one of the things, one of the 
author of the Gospels, Mark, who wrote his gospel to the Christians from Rome who were being persecuted for their faith in the arenas. You know what? He's the only one that said, and he says this, he was standing there. This is verse 13 from from Mark 1. It says uh, he was standing there in the wilderness with the wild beasts. And the angels were serving him. You know what that told the, the people that were sent to the wild beast in the arenas? You guys, you guys dared to get close to the wall of the enemy. And you're now with the wild beasts. But take, take courage. Jesus has conquered it all. That's what it's saying. That's what, that's what it's saying. Because you got close to the enemy's camp. You see, as long as you don't get close to the enemy's camp, thinking, wow, you know, life's good. Try, try to come closer to the enemy's camp. Try to do something great for God. And then you'll see all of a sudden your attacks. But remember, listen, remember, we have everything we need. This is how it started. To face the storms in life. Whatever the enemy comes against us, you have everything you need to stand in the midst of all of that, amen? You have it. You just have to use it. Now, number three, and we're ending with this, is faith is looking to God. You know, faith is not something passive. It's not something uh, that, uh, you know, uh, some have, some don't have. It's something that you can put on and use, and it's an active thing. And, and, and 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it says, we walk by faith, not by sight. Um, we don't look at what is seen. We look at the, what's unseen because the temporary things that are, uh, that are seen are made from the eternal things. Hebrews 11.1 1 says that faith is the assurance uh, of looking at the things that you cannot see. So faith is looking to God. Faith is looking to Jesus. Is looking to something, uh, to the unseen. Is, is really remembering who God is. As you walk out of this place, I want you to remember... Uh, a place called Dothan. If you forget the other things, remember faith in the storm and then remember Dothan. Dothan is a place that I want you to remember today and when the storms come. When Jacob sends, when Jacob sends uh, Joseph to his brothers, he goes out and he finds them. He, they weren't where, where um, they were before. And one of the people that he met there, he says, you know, they went to Dothan. So he goes to Dothan as he approaches his brothers at Dothan. His brothers have a plan and quickly make a plan. We're going to kill him. They get him, uh, they get him and they throw him in a pit. They, cut, they take his shirt that his father gave him. And he's in the pit. I want you to just think about all the stories that he heard Jacob. Just the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has protected me, Joseph. Think about what Jacob because he was more with him and that's just how God protected Jacob from Esau and all that he went through. And so I'm, you know, you think about all the prayers that Joseph prayed in the pit. But you know, so the brothers that were wanting to kill him end up selling him into slavery. Wow. He's sold into slavery. When he goes into slavery, he's wrongly accused. He ends up in jail. He's in jail. He's in jail for about 10 years. Wrongly accused. He's praying, Lord, deliver me from here. 
He believes in God. He keeps his faith in God. But God allowed him to go through it for him to save his family, for him to save his father, his brothers, the nation of Egypt. He didn't see anything in that. We don't hear him. He, he didn't see anything. Hundreds of years later, at Dothan, was a man of God by the name of Elisha. Elisha, Israel was at war. Israel was at war with the Assyrians. And the Assyrians wanted to plot against them how to attack them. And they would choose different locations where they would, where they, where they would enter the, the nation of Israel. And so at one point they said, we're going to attack from here. And with the generals, the Syrian army, and they were ready. And when, when, the Assyrian army, when the Assyrian army got to that place, the Israelites were already there waiting for them. It's hard, it's hard to beat somebody with there's no element of surprise because he can defend himself. So they regrouped, they, re they come back, and wow, that was, wow, they guessed how we're going to enter the land. So they regroup, okay, let's see where they look on the map, we're going to attack right there. So they got their army, they moved, marched there, and all of a sudden, they were, the, the, the Israel army was right there. Because you see, as they were planning, a Syrian king was planning with his generals. God was telling exactly the location to Elisha, the man of God. And he did this several times, and the king got, a Syrian king got mad. He says, someone is a traitor. Who is telling all these secrets to the, uh, to the Israel? And one of the guys says, hey, listen, it's not, none of us. There's a man of God by the name of Elisha. And Elisha just hears everything we talk here, he hears. God tells him everything. So what does the Assyrian king do? He says, okay, gather, listen, this is one guy. <laughs> gather an army and go get him. So what the army of Assyria does, they go in Dothan. Remember Dothan? And they circle around the city with the chariots, with, arm, with, a whole, with an army to get one guy. And that morning when the servant of Elisha walks up, he walks out, opens the door, and he's surprised by what he sees. He sees archers. He sees an army ready to take them. And so he trembles. He makes his way back to the house. We're going to die, Elisha. This is the last day. Say your last wish. So Elisha comes in. It's the man of faith. Because you see, faith is looking at what the world sees. Everybody could see the chariots of the Assyrians. But not everybody saw what Elisha saw. The chariots of God. The army of God. Everybody could see the trial. What Elisha, he's going to get killed. But Elisha saw and he said, he said to the servant, he said, listen, there's more with us than with them. And he prayed to God. Yes, he prayed to God. He said, Lord, open his eyes that he may see what I see. Because listen, faith is seeing. Faith is looking to Jesus and seeing you're a child of God. Listen, I don't know what trial you're going through, but I want you to remember that that servant, when his eyes were opened, 
he saw chariots of fire, millions and millions and millions surrounding Elisha. And his faith grew because he, he was seeing what the others weren't seeing. I want you to close your eyes. What is the trial you're going through? What army is against you? What enemies are against you? Is it sickness? Is it, what is it? Take your eyes off that army, off those enemies. And direct your eyes on Jesus, on, on the chariots of fire that are surrounding you today. If you are a child of God, you got benefits and you get privileges. God is on your side. There's more with you than with them. Father, I pray that today you would, you would do something. You would help everyone to put, put on their shield of faith. I pray, Father, that they would not look at the circumstance. They would not look at themselves. They would not look at the trial. They would not look at the storm. But just like Peter, as he was in the storm on the boat, and you called him to walk on the water, and, uh, and as he looked to you, he was walking on the water. When he looked at the storm, he sunk. I pray that we would look at you. Our eyes would be on you. I pray that whoever wanted today to, you know, this is going to be my last Sunday. If you said in your heart, this is going to be my, I'm going to give God one more chance. If this is you, I'm here to tell you that God is, God is here and he wants to tell you, don't run away from me. Don't run away from me. I'm your only chance. Don't run away from me. I want to encourage you, don't run away from God. Don't run away from church. Come, come back to God. Come back to His church, His bride. Keep your eyes on Jesus. In the midst of the storm, you keep your eyes on Jesus. And you will stand. And you will be victorious. Because God has granted you everything you need to be victorious in every storm in your life. Amen. Come on, let's thank Pastor Ted for that awesome word. Really good, man. Really good. Awesome. You know, sometimes you uh, go to church, you hear a sermon, and it's kind of like a, a snack. You know, it's like, man, that was good. Uh, give me something to think about. I'm going to grow. I'm going to take that. But that was not a snack. That was a steak. Come on. That was a, that was a full meal right there. And, uh, you know, w whether you're a Christian or something else or person that doesn't have any faith or whatever, you, you will face uh, trouble in life. There's a category of people that will face trouble in life, and it's people that are alive, right? <laughs> and uh, uh, if you're alive, you're going to face trouble. Um, if you haven't before, you will. And I don't say that fatalistically. I just say it's true. And uh, if you are alive and you've been going through life, you, you probably have faced some trouble, right? And the beautiful thing about the Christian faith is that it's not just um, is that we have hope and peace in God, both for now and for our future. Like, without Christ, you're still going to face trouble, but with Christ, you have Christ. Come on, and He's with you. He's around you, behind you, and beside you, and walks through you. And when we keep our eyes on Jesus, you know, like Pastor Ted was talking about in that third point, so good. Faith is keeping our eyes on Jesus. And there's something about that, that when you do that in life, no matter what you go through, how hard, how bad, uh, how, wh whatever trouble it is, um, you are going to have victory. You're going to, uh, that's, that's where our, f our security is at, is in that relationship, keeping our eyes on Jesus. And so today, 
as we finish up and, and get ready to head out of here, I, I want to just give you an invitation. You know, every single Sunday, people come here, not by accident, but really God brings you here, brings people here. Yeah, maybe somebody invited you. Maybe you saw a commercial. Maybe you saw a Facebook invitation, but that was just the mechanism or the vehicle. But actually, it was God who was drawing you to this place. Why? Because he wants to invade your life with his hope. He wants to come into your life and bring a tidal wave of his joy and his grace. He wants to wash away your sin. Come on. He wants to give you a brand new start. He wants to be with you in trouble. He's your father that loves you. So God brought you here on purpose to redeem you and ransom you. Come on. Just like every one of us, right? He brought you to this place to, 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 to bring you new life. And so if you're here today and you're like, Pastor Jake, I want that. I want to know God. I want to know Jesus. You know, I want, to, I want to be part of the family of God. This is your moment, your opportunity to put your faith and trust in Jesus. Now listen, we don't have a magic prayer. There's no form. We don't have a gate. You don't have to go to St. Peter and give him 50 cents to get in. Like that's not how it works. How, how can a person be saved? You call upon the name of God. You ask him, you say, God, save me, right? I want to follow you. Jesus gave his life for you and for me. He paid for our sins so we could be reconciled with God. So all you have to do today is put your faith and trust in Jesus. And we're going to do that right now. So let's bow our heads and close our eyes. If you're here today and you're like, Pastor Jake, I want to, I want to be a Christian. I want to follow Jesus. I want to be part of the family of God. If that's you, would you just raise your hand so I can see? That's awesome. That's awesome. All over this place. Anybody else? Come on, this is your moment. I want to know Jesus. I want to be part of the family of God. If that's you, it's awesome. All right, let's pray together. Everybody repeat after me. Let's pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I thank you for your grace and mercy revealed to me at the cross where you gave your life for me and made a way for me to be reconciled with God. I bring all of my success and all of my failure and I lay it down at the foot of the cross, and I receive what you did for me. I give you my life, every part of me. Give me the grace to follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen.